Welcome, listeners, to the Radical Life Support podcast series on the ABCs of the Attributes of God. I have so much exciting things to tell you about our attribute that I want to get started right away with our quote from A.W. Tozier that says, What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And today, he should become even more larger, huger, gigantic, enormous, colossal. Is there a greater word in the English language? Whenever someone in the Bible tried to describe God or heaven, they said that he's like whatever. And then they would use the closest word that they could find in the created world to describe him, but he they couldn't. God is truly indescribable. Today we're going to talk about another attribute that goes beyond our understanding, and it's under the letter E. God is eternal, everlasting, and also in the Bible we're going to use the word forever. I'm going to talk about some things that they don't seem real, but they're true. We have to consider it as best we can to know who God is. God is absolute eternity. It means God has no past, no future. God is found in both together, and he's not affected by either. (laughs) Even when I say these things, I don't even understand what I'm saying. God dwells in eternity. Time dwells in God. God does not wait for time like we do. Time is not bigger than God. God is bigger than time. See, as Lewis says, he gave this visual picture of what eternity is and our place in time in it. He said, think of a sheet of paper, it's laying flat, and it's infinitely extended in all directions. And that represents eternity. Then on that sheet of paper, draw a tiny little line. And that represents our little bit of time in this big expanse of eternity. And when I think of that on that little tiny line, I think, how can God care so much for us in his eternal existence that he thinks about us so deeply and intimately and knows everything about us and wants to be a part of our lives right in that little line in eternity? Now, the four things that we like to reveal God in, in each podcast, we reveal in his word, in creation, in Jesus, and in our hearts. So starting with his word, I actually got some feedback from a listener. They sent me the names of God, and I have started to incorporate them, but this is a good place to add them here because they start with the letter E. Not all the names of God start with the letter E, but when you put L in front of a part of God's name, I want to just say that L means the strong one. So if we say God Almighty, he's El Shaddai, so he's the strong one, God Almighty. For God Creator, he's Elohim. God Defender, he's El Sabaoth. And I use that one because it says he's the Lord of Heaven's host. He's the Lord of Heaven's armies. So God, our Defender. And then for now, God Eternal or God Everlasting, it's El Olam. And that is first found in Genesis 21:33. Now, some other verses about our eternal God. Psalms 93, your throne was established long ago. You are from all eternity. Psalms 90, before the mountains were born or you brought forth the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Jeremiah 10, the Lord is the true God. He is the living God, the eternal King. 
Exodus 15 says that the Lord will reign forever and ever. Isaiah 9, very famous passage. We, we sing it all the time at Christmas. He's the everlasting father. Of the increase of government and peace, there will be no end. In Isaiah 57, he was, he is, and he is to come. The Bible describes many ways over and over again that he's eternal. And again, with all the other attributes, if God is eternal, then that eternity applies and complements the rest of it as his attributes. You can't talk about one really without talking about all the other attributes, especially with this attribute of eternal. Eternal describes all of the others. He has eternal power, eternal justice, eternal goodness, eternal holiness. And these things then will go on and on and on and on without end. Other verses say that the word of the Lord stands forever. He remembers his covenant forever. His love endures forever. The plans of the Lord stand firm forever. He remains faithful forever. He will swallow up death forever and his salvation will last forever. Forever means forever. It's permanent and sure and it's an anchor that you can hold on to. So how does God reveal that he's an eternal God through creation? As I mentioned, time is created by God. God's not defined by time. Time's defined by God. Time refers to us, not to God. Time and eternity exist together. So we're in our time here, but eternity is still all out there. If you think of that sheet of paper again, and you, there's not one or the other. It's both. Now, God never began when we talked about God creator, that God was uncreated. And it's the only way that he can be eternal past and eternal future. And I don't know about you. I think in my mind, some ability to understand eternal future, that it'll just keep going and not stop. But I really can't fathom in my brain that there's eternal past when it comes to God. And since we live in a created world where everything has a beginning and an end. God created our current heaven and earth. John says that he saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. That's in Revelations 21.1. So our current earth is not eternal. If it's going to pass away, then our current earth is not eternal. Everything in our world is dying and eventually will die. Romans 8 says that all creation is presently groaning. It wants to be liberated from its bondage of decay and it longs to be free. So then it also appears that our current heaven is not eternal either. But we do know by God's word that heaven is a real place. It says that God's kingdom is eternal. God promises that we will be with him forever. And so this new heaven is going to be eternal. Now, let's think about this. That must also mean that God created hell. Maybe this is a good time to discuss that hell is a real place too. I believe hell had a beginning and God's word says that it does appear that it has an eternal future. For it says there is an eternal fire, eternal judgment, and that we shouldn't be afraid of how man can destroy our life, but we should be afraid of a God who has the power to throw us into hell. And people who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of Jesus Christ will be punished with everlasting destruction 
and shut out from the presence of the Lord forever. And finally, God's word also says that Satan the devil will be thrown into the lake of fire and will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Some have tried to debunk the word eternal because the thought of eternal punishment seems severe, but it is expressed throughout all of scripture and it can't be ignored or minimized. Remember too that God's word said that he created visible and invisible things. And just because something's invisible doesn't mean it doesn't exist or it's not real. And hell exists and it's a real place. I know this is heavy, but it's a good transition now to move in to show that God is eternal through his son, Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus, the Bible says, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he's past, present, and future. He was with God in the beginning when the world began. He is eternal too. So at the appointed time, Jesus stepped out of eternity and came into time. God decided, and it's expressed in John 3.16, he loved the world so much that he gave his only son that whosoever would believe in him will have eternal life. So think of it this way. Eternal life is not a gift from God. Eternal life is the gift of God. It's the gift of him. And if you have him, you have eternity. It's not that God wants to give you eternal life this thing. It's that he loves you. And his desire is for you to be with him forever. So it comes together. You believe in Jesus Christ, that he died for you. You get to live with him. And living with him means living eternally with him. In 2 Timothy 1, it says that Jesus Christ destroyed death and he brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. We are made for eternity and for time. So let's not just focus on time now here on earth and not focus and think about our eternal time. We're only alive for a short time in compared to eternity. You need to think about where you're going to spend eternity. Somewhere you will continue to exist. But where will you spend eternity is the question. Will it be in heaven or will it be in hell? Once you've made a decision in your life about sin and that you want to be identified with Christ who died to take away your sin, then eternal life is yours through Jesus. Now, how is the eternal God revealed into your heart? Just to clarify, when I'm talking about how God reveals himself in our heart, you can't learn anything about God without the Holy Spirit in your heart. And when you accept Jesus in your life, you receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's there. No one knows you better than your spirit inside of you, okay? That spirit is with you all the time. It knows every thought, every deed. Your spirit in you knows you. Well, the same is true for God. No one knows God better than the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit in your heart to know this God that we've been talking about. The Bible says that the things of God are spiritually discerned. And we aren't going to figure out by our little human brains who God really is. Jesus said in John 14, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor. It actually says in this verse, he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. And Hebrews 9.14 confirms also that the Spirit is eternal. 
God has placed eternity in our hearts, it says in Ecclesiastes. And this eternity is a glory yet to be revealed, a glory we put our hope in. I know I put my hope in eternity strongly. Knowing I have eternal life waiting for me helps me get through my time on this earth because I know my time is short and I can get through this. My biggest thought when I went down to give my life to the Lord at the age of 12 was I wanted to live in heaven forever with Jesus. And I was so thankful that he provided that for me. That's where I want to be. And I want to live my life with that eternal destination in mind. But until then, we do have to live in time. By time, I mean living in time past, time present, or time future. I'm going to say time is your enemy in some instances, especially if you are living in the past or the future. You can't move forward for the purpose that God is calling you if you are stuck in the past. If you are dwelling too much on the past, that is not a good thing for you. God doesn't want you to live in the past. And I find no verses that can say that it's okay to live in the past. The only thing that the Bible really talks about when you think about the past is he tells you to remember the the Sabbath. And he says to remember the wine and bread, you know, communion, what Jesus did for you. And I believe that whatever is good and pure and lovely in the past You should think about those things. But if you're living in your past and you're constantly thinking about your past failures, your past regrets, your past sins, your past hurts, your past disappointments, if you're thinking about those things over and over and over again, time past is your enemy. Oswald Chambers talks about the story where the disciples were in the garden and they couldn't stay awake. Here Jesus asked them very specifically to pray with him. He's in agony, but they fall asleep. He comes back and he asks them to pray again for him, and they fall back to sleep. The third time, he says to them basically, listen, you guys, you made a mistake. It's over. You can't undo it. Jesus doesn't condemn them. He simply says, arise and go do the next thing. Don't let failure stop you. Jesus says to you, if you've failed, if you've made a mistake, okay, it's done. Confess it to me. Get up. Move on. That's what Jesus wants for you. That's what he wanted for the disciples, and that's what he wants for you. Some think that your best days were in the past, and now you've made a mistake and you've ruined your lives forever with a bad decision, and that there's no good future ahead for you. That is a lie. Don't be living in the past with constant regret. You are stuck because you don't have a right view of God. And that's why we're doing this podcast. You need a right view of God because God is a transforming God and he can take the worst sinner and the worst situation and make it new and vital again. That's the God you need to believe in. You can take David in the Bible, for example. He sinned greatly. He made a big mistake and ended up committing adultery and murdering someone. But what he did when he was faced with it, he repented of it immediately and he's got his heart right with God and then he could move forward. That's the key. God forgives our many sins and you must also then forgive others. Too many of you are living in the past in that 
you have been hurt, and I'm not minimizing the hurt, but if you continue to just think of the hurt all the time, you are going to stay in that place. If the hurt was in your childhood, you're just going to, you're not going to mature. You're still going to have that child mentality carrying it with you over and over. One example that I use in forgiveness is um, I had a family member that said something very hurtful to me. And I never addressed this issue with this family member. But what I did was I would rehearse in my mind over and over how I would respond back to that person and how I would use words that were equally hurtful. And I, you know, I wanted to get revenge back on them for hurting me this way. And finally, I realized that harboring this anger was making me so unhappy. I was like churned up inside all the time when I would think about that incident. It was hurting me and it was hurting my relationship with this person. So I had to forgive them. And it was a continuing process. It wasn't an immediate forgiveness thing and then it went away. Because even today, whenever the memories of that hurt want to come back into my mind and I want to start rehearsing my comeback speech again, I say to myself now, I'm determined to stop doing that. I don't want to live in the past anymore. I will forgive the person again and I tell myself I'm not going back to that place of anger. So I will forgive them and love them and ask the Lord to help me again to forgive God wants you to be healed of your past, but you have to decide that you're not going to go back and pick the wound, so to speak, again and make that wound bleed. Identify what's holding you back, address it with God, and surely and steadily let things go. Take God's hand and let him lead you through the process. Then God will come in and fill those places in your heart. Right now you have places in your heart that you're filled with the past and you need to let them go because they're taking up valuable space in your heart. Don't fill your heart with the past. And now some of you are filling your heart with the future and you're living in the future. And what I mean by that is, You just think about the future all the time. You think about your tomorrows all the time. You're worrying about tomorrow. You're anxious about tomorrow. You're stressed out about tomorrow. You're in fear of the future. You spend too much time thinking about tomorrow. As we get older, we become more aware that we have fewer tomorrows. But in reality, no one knows how many tomorrows we have left. The Bible says, teach us to number our days. Living for tomorrow is also robbing you of valuable space in your heart. Let go of tomorrow and let God come in and fill those places too. I hope you will continue to know you worry and you are in fear only because you have a wrong view of God in your life. You're not truly believing in this big God in your life. When you get a right view of him, you won't be living and worrying about the future. So what is the best time to be living in? You know the answer, the present time. Leave the old self behind and put on the new self. Renew your mind. Move forward. Live each day in the present time with God. Fill your present space with Jesus. Jesus is actually the only person who can fill that space in you perfectly. I want to pray right now for you. Lord, I give you my yesterdays, my hurts, angers, disappointments, failures, and sins, and I give you my tomorrows, believing that you have a hope and a future for me and a promise of eternal life with you. Each morning, I dedicate my todays to you and fill them with a trust that you are the eternal God who keeps his promise of an eternal inheritance to those who believe in him. 
Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Is the God you believe in an everlasting, eternal God? Living a radical life for Jesus means believing that God is eternal. Thank you again for listening. Thanks especially to all of you who are sending comments in to us. We can be reached via our email at rickandrobinmo at gmail.com. If you missed a previous episode, you can find all of our podcasts through Spotify or Google Podcast. Just search for Radical Life Support. Next time, we will be talking about the letter F. And if you've listened to our theme song, you'll know which attribute that is. Talk to you then.